Awesome. I am very glad you guys are here. It was so nice out last week, and then it got bitter cold again, and I would be lying if I said I was not upset. I am very angry at Missouri weather. Okay, before we continue, um, I am very happy to announce that we are able to release the t-shirt design for our bold experience. Let's throw that up on the screen there. Yes, so the bold theme this year is light up the world. And we got this on a really nice material. Um, this design and this t-shirt is exclusive to those who are going to the bold experience. Obviously, I feel like because it says bold experience on there, but we are very excited to um, start handing those out. We're planning on handing them out in May or June. Um, we're gonna do an exact order on the shirts. So. Um, if you're going to the Bold Experience, go ahead and register. The due date for the Bold Experience is May 4th, but you can find all of those details, journeykc.com forward slash bold. So let's get into the message. And before we begin, I need a volunteer. I need a dude. I need a dude. Connor, come on up. Okay, I forgot to mention. Okay, okay so grab your can of pop, but I also, do you have your Bible or like a phone with you? Cool. Okay, pull up the Bible app, and I need you to read a section of Scripture. So tomorrow, we're going to be learning about the armor of God. I should have, like, prepped you what you're about to do before I called you up. But tomorrow, the Scripture reading is armor of God. Go ahead and go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And we are actually going to, I'm going to ask him to read the entire Bible reading plan for tomorrow. It is 10 verses. Don't worry, it's 10 verses. But what I need you to do is just read Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 and then you're gonna count us off. So I can hold it for you if you like. Okay. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and, and by his vast strength, put on the full armor of God so that you stand against the, against the schemes of, of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of his darkness, against evil spiritual forces and the heavens. For his reason to take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, that having prepared everything to take full stand, stand therefore with truth and belt, belt around your, oh, belt around your waist, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, righteousness like armor on your chest, and the feet, and the feet, Sandaled. sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace <laughs> and every situation take up the shield of the faith with which can ex extinguish, extinguish yeah, yeah. all the flaming arrows of of the evil one take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with perseverance and intercessions for the saints. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when, when I open my mouth and make known for boldness my mystery for the gospel. For this, I am an ambassador of chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about as I should. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's give them a round of applause, you guys. It was a lot longer than I was expecting. I didn't realize how long 10 verses. But all right, count us off. Let's do this. Okay. Um, three, two, 
three, two, one. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Drink up. All right, that's awesome. Okay, so we are in Ephesians chapter 6. So go ahead. If you got your Bibles or your phone or your Bible app, um, go ahead and turn to Ephesians 6. We're going to be staying and residing in 6, 10 through 20. So you, you can get your Bible turned to there. I'm going to pray real quick before we do that. So as you turn, I'm going to pray. Father, I just thank you for this group of people. I thank you for the word you have spoken to me. I just pray that you just fill me up with your spirit so that I can pour it out tonight in this message. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, so I last minute decided to read um, most of my scriptures out of my physical Bible just because I felt like it. Um, And my physical Bible is not a lot of times in line with the translation that I chose on screen. So I want to ask you guys to just bear with me. It's not going to read word for word, but... Read along with your own Bible if you can. And so Paul, he is writing this letter to the Ephesians, and or it's to the church in Ephesus. And um, that's why we get the Ephesians. He's writing this letter, and he's writing this in prison. I don't know if you heard uh, Connor say, but he said he's an ambassador in chains. So that is a bold statement, but Paul's got some really bold things to say because Paul was not a passive guy at all. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, Praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may, be, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may be able to speak boldly as I ought to speak. You know, I... I, don't, I think you would be wrong if you just say that Paul was like a timid, bashful kind of guy. Like, he is the opposite. Like, he's not only imprisoned for preaching the gospel, but he's saying these really bold things. <coughs> Sorry, but he's saying these really bold things, and he's saying, I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might declare boldly as often as I can speak. Because Paul, he really believed that the kingdom of heaven was here and that it needed to be fought for. You know, the third song that we just um, sang along with was Here As In Heaven by Elevation Worship. It is one of my favorite worship songs of all time. Um, but, and I love it because he talk, the song talks about that we need to be bringing heaven down to earth. And I say this a lot, if you've been listening to me speak a lot, that's one of my favorite things to say is that we're not supposed to try to wait to get to heaven, but we're supposed to bring heaven down, right? And that's our whole mission as Christians. So Paul really believed that heaven, the kingdom of heaven, was to be brought down, but not only that, but the kingdom of heaven needed to be fought for to be brought down. It wasn't just like you're flipping a light switch and it comes on. As, as easy as we would love it to be for kingdom of heaven to just be flipped on, there are things that we have to do to fight for the kingdom of heaven on earth and in our culture and in our world. So the kingdom of heaven has to be fought for. And we can see this at the beginning of our reading, Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, it says a final word, Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. He is not saying, just flip on a light switch, just pray a prayer, you'll be okay. No, he's saying the exact opposite. He's saying, hey, this is going to be hard. 
You're going to be in a battle. Whether you realize it or not, you're in a spiritual battle. You know, I think as a people, as a culture, just as a human, we just, we love to fight for things that we enjoy. We love to fight for things that we like. I remember when I was younger, um, not too, not that many years ago, but I would get into these big debates and long hour and hour discussions about just movies I liked or which video game was the best one or who, which actor would fit this character best. I mean, I would go out at, I would go at it, man, like to the death. I would be long into the night just fighting for the things that I believed in. But as humans, we have to have something to fight for. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said it best. And he said it strongly. He said, if you have not discovered something you are willing to die for, then you are not fit to live. Like, it's extreme, but I believe that it's true. You know, God doesn't like lukewarm. He doesn't like us to just be wishy-washy. We have to decide what are we willing to die for? What hill are we willing to die on? I remember my mom said that a lot. Like, are you willing to die on this hill? What hill are you willing to die on? So that quote is extreme, but I believe it can be true. And that's because God designed us to be warriors. God designed us to be soldiers in his army. He designed us to be a lot of things. He designed us to be worshipers. He designed us to be lovers. He designed us to be families. But I think what Paul is saying in almost every single letter is that he has designed us, most importantly, to be a warrior and to fight for things that we believe in, to fight things even until persecution and to death, like Paul did. He designed us to be people who are not afraid to take on a battle for God, to not back down from a challenge, to stand for the weak and give voice to the voiceless. He designed us to advance and take ground for the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is never going to be as easy as a light switch. I've heard it said that the Christian life is not a playground, but it's a battleground. And I think we're all going to realize that at some point or another um, in our walk with Christ. If, it don't, if, you don't, if you think it's a playground right now, I just, it's going to happen at some point. You're going to realize that it is a battleground. So what I want to do tonight is look at Scripture and to begin to have this dialogue and this discussion with you. You know, if we're really warriors, what does that look like in our day-to-day life? You know, in, in the Ephesians 6, Paul talks a lot about the armor of God. It's a famous passage, passage of scripture, and he's using armor that the Roman military would have worn. And that's the imagery that he is conveying, and the people he was writing to would have understood that pretty well. And I, when we read the armor of God, you know, we hear about swords, we hear about, you know, breastplates and helmets and all that. And I don't know about you guys, but I always imagine just like a big, burly, like Roman soldier, like walking around in this big, like heavy armor. And again, that's the image he was going for, but I think that makes it difficult to find the connection from the big, burly Roman soldier to our day-to-day life. I think it's hard for us to understand how to put on the armor of God if we're just going to soccer practice or just going to school or just going to our job or to our family. I think it's easy for us to to imagine a warrior, like an actual warrior on a battleground, and it's hard for us to make that connection. And that's what I want to do tonight, is learn how we can become warriors in our day-to-day life. I want to look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 again, but I want to change the translation because there's a key word in there that I really, really like. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle 
against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, present darkness, spiritual forces, and heavenly places. I love that. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Who here has ever done wrestling before? Anybody at all. Okay, there's actually a few people. A few people have done wrestling. It may surprise you, but I've never done wrestling in my life. I, I, do, I would not enjoy it. I do not like it. I used to do uh, some judo with my uncle. He used to teach that a little bit, but I never really got into it. But my, my wife actually has done wrestling before um, and when she was in school. I don't remember what age did you say? 12? Middle school. Okay, so she did wrestling, and I've heard she was pretty good. I heard she was pretty good. So I'm just going to brag on her a little bit. We looked for a picture, but we couldn't find one. I wanted to, guys. I wanted to. But she used to do wrestling before. So we were talking about this. We were like, okay, so we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And we were talking about, like, different keys of wrestling. Like, you know, what do you need to do? What stances do you need to take? And a good wrestling stance, everything from wrestling stems from a good wrestling stance. And there are different types of stances. There's like a defensive stance and there's an offensive stance you can take during wrestling. And again, a good wrestling stance will, every good attack will stem from a good wrestling stance. And I read an article and someone put it that, imagine trying to walk or run if you don't even know how to stand. Like that would be nearly impossible. And they compared that to a good wrestling stance. Like imagine trying to do wrestling if you don't understand how to have a stance. And I want to show you guys as Christians that there are stances we can take. There's a defensive stance when we're attacking the enemy, and there's an offensive stance when we're attacking the enemy. And I think a lot of us end up in the defensive stance where we're protecting or protecting ourselves. But really, I want to show you guys how as we grow and mature as Christians, we need to shift from the defensive into the offensive, to shift from the defensive protecting ourselves to the offensive, to taking ground and to setting other people free. And to do that, let's read Matthew 16. He says, and I tell you, you are Peter on this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I said this before, but gates are not an advancement weapon. Gates are never used for offensive or attacking purposes. They are meant to keep people in and keep people out. They're never used as an advancement tool. And that is because of this important distinction that the enemy, our enemy, is not advancing. Our enemy is not advancing. Now, he is attacking. Don't get me wrong. He is attacking us, but he is not advancing. His main goal is to diminish and shrink the population of kingdom of heaven the best he can and to cause pain and suffering for God's children. But he is not advancing. And the the truth is, thankfully, that Jesus has already won the war on the cross. That Jesus has already won and defeated our enemy. But he still attacks us. And I think a reason he does is because of the only power he has left is the power of his lies. Because we have power inside of us. And when we believe and accept a lie, we are empowering that lie. And that's causing the power inside of us. And so as Christians, there are three different stances that we progress from as we grow and mature as a Christian. They're not multiple choice, but you usually start at uh, stance one and you move on and progress. So let's look at those three stances tonight. And I want you guys to imagine and put yourself in one of those three stances. And my challenge for you is by the end of the night, I want you to challenge yourself to move up a stance. 
And if you're on stance three, I congratulate you. I would love to shake your hand. So let's start off. Stance one is unaware and oblivious. This is the first stance. This is a stance of a person who does not realize they are in a fight. And I want you to imagine that there's a boxing ring. One of the corners is legendary boxer Mike Tyson. Okay, he's in one of the corners. The other corner is a random dude off the street wearing VR goggles. He has no idea where he is at right now. He, he, maybe he's got headphones on, maybe he's deaf, I don't know, he can't hear the crowd noise. He has no idea where he's on, he's got these VR goggles, he's watching like a, you know, he's watching, pretending like he's on a roller coaster or something. He has no idea where he's going on, and he's doing the, you know, VR goggles stance. You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like, you know, knocking over lamps and like hitting children and stuff like that. Like he's doing the VR stance. So the guy on the street who's wearing VR goggles, he has no idea that there's a fight going on. He doesn't even know what he's fighting for. He doesn't even know where he's at. He doesn't know that there's a battle that needs to be won. He, he doesn't even know that there's a battle to begin with. And if we know something about our enemy, if we know something about our adversary, our opponent, it's that he's ruthless. He's ruthless. Like, he won't have mercy if, you know, I've, I've heard it, I read it in a, a, in a book. I can't remember which book. But he, he was saying, like, you know, the book was saying that if, you know, you lost your child, you would think that even Satan would have enough mercy to back off for just a minute. But that is the opposite. <laughs> you will, you, if you lost your child, he's just going to keep kicking you while you're down. He's going to keep throwing lies at you. He's going to keep throwing those fiery darts. If we know anything about our enemy, it's that he's ruthless. And first of all, I would love to believe that Mike Tyson would have mercy on this poor guy from the street with VR goggles. But our adversary won't. He will, our adversary will hit us over and over and over again without any pause or break between attacks. And that's what I want to tell you guys tonight, that there is a real life spiritual battle going on inside of us. It's going on in, our, in each of our hearts. It's going on in our minds, in our emotions, in our schools, in our families, in our culture, and even in our churches. It's happening everywhere. That's because we don't realize it, but the spiritual world is actually even more real than our natural world. And that's going to take a lifetime for us to learn that, if we even catch that at all. I, I, I think we're going to get to heaven, and it's at that point we're going to realize, wow, I could not believe how real the spiritual world is. I don't even think we have a concept for that. There is a spiritual battle happening every single day. Ephesians, it talks about how we don't fight against flesh and blood, but it's against spiritual powers and authorities. You know, um, 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. So the good news is that we have power and authority through Jesus. The good news is that if we are aware and we take a stance against the enemy, then we have the power and authority through Jesus. And the bad news is that it's hard because not everyone is aware or accepts, accepts that there is a battle. And like I said about our enemy, if you just got random Joe off the street with VR goggles, the enemy is not going to hold back. And that's the really, truly sad thing. You see this in unbelievers, but you see this in Christians as well that they're not aware that there's a battle going on, and they're not aware even, not, to, not even to begin with how to fight the battle, but not even aware that there is a battle. 
And so stance one is you are unaware and you are oblivious. Stance two is you are aware of your fight and defensive. So we talked about the guy, not aware of the battle, doesn't know what to do, doesn't even care. <clears throat> this stance, you are aware of the battle and you're aware of the fiery arrows of the enemy and you are taking a stance against it. Um, in wrestling, I believe the defensive stance, Caitlin, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's you're squared up and you're kind of crouched. Did I nail it? Awesome. I'm learning wrestling, guys. I'm going to be wrestling next week. Whoever wants to sign up against me, you guys are going down, okay? Like, look at this stance. I, I can take on anybody right now. But this is the defensive stance because from this stance, you, you can take a hit. You know, you can, you're, you're squared up, you're, you know, center of gravity, all, all that stuff. You, you can take a hit. That's the point. And that is the defensive stance. You're aware. Okay. There is Mike Tyson in front of me. I am aware there's a fight. Oh, crap, I got to stand. And I'm going to take that stance. So you're aware that there's a fight, and you are def you're fending off Satan's attacks. You're rebuking the enemy. You're casting out spirits in your life. You're, you're growing and maturing as a Christian. You're getting involved in church and small groups. You're resisting temptation. You're operating the gifts. You're speaking in tongues. You're formidable, right? You are taking the stance. And I think this is great, but I think this is where a lot of Christians stop. I think a lot of us stop at the defensive stance because a lot of us, unfortunately, and this is a natural thing to do, but a lot of us are thinking a lot about ourselves. And don't get me wrong, there is a time and a place, I believe, every single morning where you need to deal with some stuff in your life. You know, there is a time in our, prayer, in our quiet prayer time where we need to be casting out spirit of loneliness from our life. We need to be challenging ourselves to go deeper in our walk with God. We need to be reading the Bible more. Like, you know, there are times where we do need to build ourselves up because if you're not built up, how are you going to help other people, right? So this is where a lot of us stop. We're strong and resilient, but I think we're missing a big piece and a key part on the war and the battle that we're in. You see, our orders from God, our orders from our commander-in-chief are not to defend. They are to attack. We're not just supposed to protect ourselves. We're supposed to free others and set the captives free. You see this in Mark chapter 16. This is Jesus. It's a famous passage of scripture. It says, go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. The miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak in new languages. Does this sound like somebody who's trying to tell people to hunker down and defend an attack? Or does it sound like someone who is issuing an attack and advancement command? I think he's issuing an advancement command. I think Jesus is saying, hey, listen, don't just hunker down. Don't hide in your church. Go out, cast out demons, set people free. You know, speak in new languages. Reach people you've never reached before. Let's go back to the uh, gates of hell scripture. Mark chapter 16, verse 18 says, I tell you, Peter, you are, I tell you, you are Peter. On this rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I think that's key word is prevail. Who's prevailing who, right? It's, it's the kingdom of God is prevailing the gates of hell. In a defensive stance, you are protected, but you're not advancing. You're not, you're not rescuing, you're not saving, you're not protecting others. A defensive stance is all about you, which is great and needed and necessary, but we can't stop there. So this is step three, 
there's stance three. I think I wrote step three on there. That's okay. Stance three is you are aware of the war and you're offensive. I don't know if you guys noticed, but in stance two, you are aware of your battle and you're defensive. Or you're aware of your fight and you're defensive. In stance three, you're aware of the war, of the bigger, larger fight, but you're on the offensive. In an offensive stance, you are protecting, you are advancing, you are taking down strongholds, you're taking down gates, you're taking down the gates of hell. A defensive stance is a great place to start, but it was never meant to be the place that we reside in. It's never meant to be the place that we stay. An offensive stance, let me show you guys what an offensive stance looks like. An offensive stance is you have one foot forward ready to take the advantage. You're ready to take the advantage in a fight because you are one step ahead of your next attack, of your opening move, of whatever you're going to do. You're ready to take an up, get the upper hand on your an opponent. An offensive stance is not reactive, it is proactive. A defensive stance, you are reacting to what the enemy and your opponent is gonna do to you. You're ready to take the hit, you're ready to take the blow, you're ready to fend off the temptation, you're ready to fend off the fiery arrow from the enemy. You are reactive, but in offensive stance, you are proactive. You're getting the enemy before he has a chance to attack. And I think a lot of us want to be in this offensive stance, but a lot of us don't know where to begin. I think a lot of us, we, we want to take the offensive stance, but a lot of us don't know how. So you've got to start in the defensive stance, but you have to move on to the offensive stance. Because you don't know the fight that someone is fighting with to your left or your right. We don't know what the people around us are dealing with. We don't know what's going on in the lives of our schools, of our teachers, of our bosses, of our coworkers. And the simplest ways I can give you, I believe it's case by case, but the simplest things I can give you of how to take an offensive stance and to begin to take ground and to begin to raise the population of heaven is to begin praying over people to begin sharing the love of Jesus to other people, to becoming a light, becoming a vessel. And that's going to look different case by case. That's going to look different person to person. But we just need to look at the example that Paul and Jesus set for us and to be the light and to be the vessels and to take the offensive stance. So I want to invite the worship team to come on up right now. And I have one last thing that I want to say, and then we're going to have its last time of worship and have a time to respond to what we've heard. An offensive stance looks like taking action against our enemy for other people. We need to take action against the enemy for the sake of others. Because a defensive stance, again, you are taking action, you are reacting for yourself. And again, that is a great place to be, but let's not stop there. An offensive stance, you are taking action, you are getting aggressive, you are getting passionate about the people around you and about the people that you know and the people that you don't know. I'm not going to get the quote right. This isn't in my notes, but I was listening to a podcast the other day, and he, he was basically saying passion and dreams without a righteous anger is just wishful thinking. That you need that good, righteous anger to boil up inside of you and say, listen, my friends that are trapped in this loneliness or aggression or anger, it's, gonna, it's no more. It's not going to happen anymore. As long as I'm their friend, that's not going to happen anymore. And we do that through a, a perspective and a lens of love. You know, we're not going to tear people down. That's not what the Bible says. We're not tearing people down. We're tearing down the strongholds. We're tearing down the enemy. But we're not going to tear other people down. 
But I want to challenge us to spot where you're at on one of those three stances. Because we can fall in the spectrum. We're all in one of those three. And sometimes maybe you're more in the defensive and sometimes in the offensive. But I believe our goal and our mission as Christians is to take the offensive stance as much as we can. If you're in stance one and you're not aware of the fight, my challenge for you is to become aware of the fight. You know, read what Paul and Jesus have to say. Become aware that there is a spiritual battle going on. And I think we can all experience, we all experience that from time to time. If you're in stance two, if you're in a defensive stance, you know, you're fending off temptation. You're doing great. You're, you, you're, you're looking like what a Christian looks like, right? What I want to challenge you to do is to use the same principles that you're defending yourself with and apply that to other people. You know, if you are resisting temptation through prayer, if you know of somebody that's struggling with temptation, pray for them. If you're, getting, if you're casting out spirit, evil spirits inside of you and you know somebody that's struggling with that too, pray for them and cast those out of them as well. If you're speaking in tongues in your prayer life, you know, operate in the spiritual gifts with other people there. You can use the same tactics in stance two and stance three, but just changing the focus from me to you. So let's all stand up right now and we're gonna respond to this and we're gonna find where we stand here tonight. Holy Spirit, I invite you into this place tonight. I just thank you for the love that you have to give us. And I just pray that you challenge us to move us forward, to think about others, to fight for others, to let a righteous, holy anger rise up inside of us. Jesus, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done, God. Let's worship tonight.